Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Deep, Freediving, Renegade Science, and What the Ocean Tells Us About Ourselves. Have you ever heard of Luc Besson? He's a French film director who's famous for directing The Big Blue and Leon, The Professional. He is undoubtedly one of the most successful directors. But did you know that Besson never considered to become a film director when he was young? Instead, he loved diving and dreamed of being a marine biologist. Unfortunately, at the age of 17, Besson had a diving accident that left him unable to dive. After becoming a director, Besson could not forget diving. His attachment and passion for the ocean led to the film The Big Blue which won four Cesar Awards and global fame for Besson. Whoever watches this film will surely be touched by the ending. Having chosen the ocean over his pregnant wife, the main character Jacques threw himself into the water without any scuba gear and dove into the deep darkness with the dolphins. Jacques' love for the ocean transcends his love for his wife. James Nestor, the author of today's book has a similar affection towards ocean. He was sent there to report on the 2011 Individual Depth World Championship, a momentous event for competitive freediving. Nestor grew up by the sea, but he had never seen freediving before, let alone tried it himself. What he saw in the championship a couple of days later totally stunned him. With only a single deep breath, freediver William Truebridge jumped into the water, went 300 feet down and came back in one piece. He had no scuba gear, protective vest, or air tubes. Nestor was dazzled, and he remained confounded over the next four days. Some competitors resurfaced from the freedive with blood running down their faces from their noses unconscious or in cardiac arrest, and somehow the sport is legal. Triggered by what he witnessed, he started his exploration into freediving. Prior to becoming captivated by freediving, Nestor, a born adventurer and ocean lover had left his footprints all over the world from Central America to the South Pacific, from Norway and Russia to the Arctic Circle. With friends and collaborators, he investigated the bull shark attacks at Réunion Island and learned about the language of dolphins and whales. He also took a submarine to dive 2,500 feet to observe the creatures there. The experiences in these journeys led him to write this book Deep, Freediving, Renegade Science, and What the Ocean Tells Us About Ourselves that would become the Amazon Best Science Book of 2014. Through this book, Nestor makes a case for why we humans are born to dive. Our body is equipped with what scientists call the master switch of life, the mechanisms and reflexes of our body that protect us underwater, and we can all learn to flip this switch to overcome the lack of oxygen and massive pressure as we take a deep dive. Nestor also tells us how unimaginably smart the sharks and whales are. He takes us along on a journey of 2,500 feet under the sea, showing us the astonishing lightless world, bursting with life under extreme pressure. This bookie will follow Nestor's trail as he freedives in the deep ocean. It will introduce you to the secrets of freediving and the wondrous world underwater through the following three parts. Part 1, 
born to dive. Part 2, The Intelligent Inhabitants of the Ocean. Part 3, Life Undersea and a Journey to the Deep Ocean. What comes to your mind when you hear the word sea? A gorgeous sand beach fit for sunbathing. A luxurious yacht and champagne in hand. Corals in a riot of colors. Yes, the sea is all of these. But apart from stunning corals and hordes of fishes, it is also a cold, solitary, and dangerous place. If you have ever tried freediving, you will understand the dark side of the sea underneath all its beauty. Freediving is one of the most dangerous sports in the world. One reason is that we're not quite ourselves deep below the ocean's surface. As you might know, a large body of water such as the sea has a buoyancy strong enough to keep our body afloat when we swim even when we are fully relaxed. However, if you dive 40 feet down in the same body of water, you will find that it's a complete different environment. The water will start pulling you down instead of buoying you up. This is known as the doorway to the deep. Water is 800 times denser than the air. As a result, the pressure increases tremendously as you dive deeper. At 33 feet underwater, the pressure can squeeze your lungs down to half their normal size. The buoyancy becomes so weak that it barely compensates for the gravity. You will feel weightless. Beyond 33 feet, the buoyancy can no longer lift you up. You can descend deeper easily by placing your arms at your sides and relaxing, posing like a skydiver. If you go down further to below 60 feet, your heart rate will be halved. Your blood flow will change, instead of flowing from your heart to the limbs, the blood will start flowing from the limbs to the more important organs. Your lungs will shrink to a third of their normal size. You will start losing all your senses, sight, touch, hearing, smell, and taste. Your brain will be in a heavily meditative state. It becomes slow and dull. If you descend deeper to 300 feet, your body will bear 10 times more pressure than that of the surface. Under such condition, your organs will collapse, your heart rate will be quartered, your senses will totally disappear. You would not even feel the pain of a pinch. Your brain will enter a dream state because you have too much carbon dioxide and nitrogen in your bloodstream. At this point, it would be wise to return to the surface immediately. If you hit 600 feet, the pressure will be 20 times that of the surface, making it far less likely for you to return safely to the surface. Your lungs will be really small, and your heart rate will be awfully slow. Only few freedivers have ever challenged this depth, and even fewer of them were able to survive it. To complicate things even further, the journey back to the surface is more dangerous than the journey down. As you ascend from 300 or 600 feet to the surface, your heart rate keeps increasing with your blood rushing from your thoracic cavity back to your veins and arteries and limbs. Your lungs will ache as your body desperately tries to pull oxygen from your lungs. But the problem is that there is nearly no oxygen left. Due to the lack of oxygen, you could black out for about two minutes. After that, your body will wake you up and make one final attempt to take a breath. 
If you have already reached the surface at this point, you could be rescued. But if you're still underwater, you will drown. You may wonder couldn't they put an oxygen tank at the seafloor or somewhere, so that one could take a gulp of air before ascending. This may sound like a sensible solution, but it's not. The air in the tank will compress in deep water due to the high pressure. If you breathe it in, the air will expand during your ascension, and your lungs will explode. By 2009, only 10 freedivers had reached 300 feet underwater. And they did it with the help of a monofin, a three-foot-wide wedge of plastic attached to neoprene boots. Every year freedivers get injured or even lose their lives in their attempts to descend to 300 feet. Given these facts, you might wonder how do the best freedivers in the world beat the odds and go beyond the limit of 300 feet. In 2011, British diver David King attempted a dive of 102 meters which is 335 feet in the World Freediving Championship. This was a surprising move, as King's best record was 80 meters. Most freedivers improve their record meter by meter. It's nearly suicidal to try to advance a record by more than 70 feet so aggressively. Nestor witnessed what happened. King jumped into the water as soon as the judge started the countdown. He went down very fast with his silhouette disappearing in 10 seconds. Speed is not necessarily the best strategy in freediving. The faster you descend, the more energy you burn, and the less oxygen you will have in your way back. Indeed, he ascended slower and slower after he had his touchdown. It took him a long time to go from 60 meters to 50 meters, and it took even longer from 50 to 40 meters. King had been in the water for more than two minutes by this point. He might have drowned? A sickening anticipation among the audience set in. What was happening? The air was heavy and the crowd silent. After several seconds, a safety diver found King had blacked out. Two safety drivers engaged, and they brought King back to the surface after 30 seconds. King's cheeks, mouth, and chin were covered in blood. The safety divers put an oxygen mask to his face. But King still showed no signs of life. His neck was stiff, and his eyes wide and lost. Everyone thought he was dead. A few seconds passed, and miraculously, King started breathing again. His fingers were quivering and his mouth fluttering. People were relieved. King's blackout was not the only alarming event that occurred in this championship. Two other freedivers also suffered a blackout just after King's accident. Among the contestants that day, two challengers were disqualified, three gave up halfway through, and four blacked out. Only very few challengers succeeded. Nestor wanted to find out why King failed his 102 meters challenge. He talked with Guillaume Neri, a French freediver. While most people thought King was just too confident, Neri believed it was more than that. Neri thought that King as well as many other freedivers focused too much on the depth they reached, and the record they were attempting. Many freedivers often forget what really matters is to enjoy the journey of freediving. In fact, top freedivers view freediving as a way to embrace the ocean within the limits of their body, 
that's all. It is very dangerous to view it as a competition. The sea could swallow you if you care too much about winning or losing. Hanley Prinsloo is a national freediving record holder from South Africa. While teaching Nesta how to freedive, she told him that freediving is about a feeling of peace and stillness. It's much more of a meditation than a competition. When you forget about the competition and your opponents, you blend with the ocean, and you dive deeper. Prinsloo believes everyone could get through the doorway to the deep and dive deeper, as long as they practice and prepare their body. Humans are born of the ocean. We all begin our lives floating in amniotic fluid inside our mother's womb. If we put an infant underwater, he will reflexively close his throat, open his eyes and breaststroke. An infant can even hold his breath underwater for about 40 seconds. For some people, swimming and diving are more than instinctive, they are tools for survival. One of such people are the Ama, an ancient culture of Japanese women divers. For more than 2,500 years, since before modern fishing vessels were invented, armor divers have been diving into the ocean to gather seaweed, shellfish, sea urchins, pearls, and abalone to sell at the market. Interestingly, none of the written accounts of the armor mention anything about blackouts, drownings or injuries. It seems they never suffered any of these from freediving. Nowadays, People no longer need to dive into the ocean to survive and make a living thanks to the advancements in fishing technology. As a result, hardly any of the daughters of the armor divers chose to carry on their mother's profession. Instead, they left their hometowns for a more comfortable life in the city. Due to their dwindling numbers, nobody knew if they were still diving or even existed. However, Nesta was still curious about the armor, are there some ancient Japanese secrets to freediving that allow the armor to hold their breath longer and dive deeper? After some exhaustive search, Nesta finally found the last few armor divers in Japan. These armor divers were already quite elderly, one of them said she was 82 years old. But despite their age, they were still diving. Their skin was tawny from decades of exposure to the sun and seawater. Their faces were wrinkled, hair messy, clothes ripped. But they looked spirited, and energetic. And it seemed they did not care about what other people thought of them. The armor agreed to allow Nesta to join them in their freedive session that day, so that he could observe their breath-holding techniques. Nesta was well prepared for the dive, but the armor were amused at the gears he had brought with him, a $400 custom-made freediving suit, a pair of low-volume goggles and three-foot-long camouflage freediving fins. In contrast, the armor were donning faded, torn diving suits and a pair of clumsy short fins, which they clearly thought were more than sufficient. They swam out together toward the horizon, and Nesta watched as the 82-year-old armor flipped into the water, kicking their body, and descending with ease. Nesta took a deep breath and tried to join them, but even with his fancy equipment, he could not dive deeper than 12 feet. The longest Nesta could stay underwater was 20 seconds. Any more, and he would start getting claustrophobic and panicky in addition to unbearable ache in his ears and head. After the armor finished their job, Nesta asked eagerly how they could hold their breath so long underwater. 
The answer was surprisingly simple. You just dive, you just get in the water. Although it's a simple answer, this might be a sense shared by many excellent freedivers. You just practice diving, and dive again and again, until you can anticipate and flip the master switch of life to dive deeper. So what exactly is the master switch of life? This term was coined by physiologist Pascolander in 1963. It refers to some physiological reflexes triggered in our organs, among others the brain, lungs, and heart when our face is underwater. As we dive deeper, the reflexes become stronger in order to overcome the increasing water pressure, protecting our organs from imploding. These reflexes eventually turn our body into a highly efficient deep diving machine. In other words, the master switch of life is our inborn mechanism that protects us underwater. So how can we trigger and activate the master switch of life then? The answer is just like what the armor and Prinsloo said, you just get in the water, embrace the ocean, and forget your fears and competitiveness. Technically, we actually need very little or no clothing to freedive, leaving the body with the ideal density it was designed to for freediving. In other words, our natural form is already suitable for freediving. Weights are totally unnecessary either. However, posture is critical. We need to make ourselves as hydrodynamic as possible. A commonly used technique is to pose like a missile with our arms at our sides and our head down. That concludes the first part of this bookie. Let's have a brief review. We learned about the state of our body when we engage in freediving. As our body descends, our lungs keep shrinking due to increasing water pressure. At the same time, our heart rate gets slower, and our brain will enter a dream state at some point. When we start to ascend as our body is in desperate need of oxygen, we risk losing consciousness if we cannot return to the surface in time. On the question of how to flip the master switch of life and dive deeper, we learned that it is stillness rather than competitiveness that matters. While using the right posture which is another critical aspect, we need to relax our body and embrace the ocean. We must forget our fears, forget about breaking records or winning the competition. Only in such a state of mind can the master switch of life kick in to protect us as soon as we are in the water. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.